Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Guys, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but literally anything in existence these days is used for stress relief. Lavender, stress relief. You can get body wash, stress relief. Uh, You can get food, stress relief. So I figured it'd be nice to make a segment called Miami Dolphins Stress Relief. Basically, the point of this is to realize, hey, we know you're a triggered Dolphins fan who has not seen a playoff win in almost 20 years. Hey, we know you've seen a lot of late season collapses, but here's why it's going to be okay. So our heavy dose of lavender we have for you guys today is simply put, Miami Dolphins defense struggled. It had some massive weaknesses last year. Just the fact you signed Vic Fangio, just the fact he put that signature on that piece of paper, the Miami Dolphins defense is snap of the fingers, instantly better, right? Yes, I agree. I really do. Like, I think it's as simple as that. Take a look at Vic Fangio's numbers at every stop along the way. You know, he he's had a couple years sprinkled in where they weren't his best years, but you know, that happens to every team injuries and, and, and busted draft picks and, and things like that. But if this Dolphins team stays healthy and I know everyone harps on that all the time, everybody always says if they stay healthy, that's any team. Okay. Exactly. I, I guarantee you bears podcasters are saying the same thing. Seahawks podcasters. So chill out on that. If they stay healthy, this will be a top defense in the league because of Vic Fangio, because of the, uh, addition of, or the, the hire of Fangio, him coming in and bringing the style of defense that everyone's copying. This is why these defensive tackles are getting, are breaking the bank and getting paid this much, right? Because in a Fangio style defense, you need stout defensive tackles who are going to stop the run because you have light boxes. You, you, your linebackers aren't doing a whole lot in the Fangio style defense. Cause you want a bunch of defense defensive backs on the field at the same time. So you need defensive tackles who are kicking ass. So all these defensive tackles are now getting paid $20 million a year to do that. That's because of Vic Fangio. So you got all these defenses that are copying his style. They wouldn't be copying it if it wasn't the best defensive style in the league right now. And we didn't go out and get some sort of imitator. 
We didn't go out and get a carbon copy. We got the originator. We went and got the dude, the guy. And now he's coming here with new wrinkles. He even said so himself, new coverages. Yeah, he's coming in here and he and he's he's bringing new shit. He's he's not just sticking with he's not just playing the hits, you know what I mean? He's Old he's wrinkles, playing new wrinkles, some of the some of the some of the new tracks, you know what I mean? So, uh, I mean anybody who is kind of looking past that or underrating that higher, like you need to shake your head real quick, wipe out wipe the sleep from your eyes, and and understand that that was the best addition the Miami Dolphins made this off season, and it might be the best addition that any team made this off season. Yeah, I mean, I don't that I'm ready to run through a wall. I tweeted out a picture yesterday from it was a quote from Charles Kill of Colton. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, and I think that says it all, right? I mean, everyone's trying to imitate Vic Fangio's defense. I'm sad that Merrick said it because I was going to piggyback on that. Everyone talks about Jalen Ramsey. I think this Vic Fangio hire, you know, is the biggest signing the Dolphins made this year. Maybe even the biggest signing. I, I don't know. if Is it crazy to think the biggest signing since Mike McDaniel got here? I mean, it, it's that that might be a little crazy with Tyreek Hill. No. And the, the trade. Tyreek Hill was a trade, not a sign. Okay, well, that's what I mean. Between Ty, If you had to go between Tyreek Hill and uh, Vic Fangio, which one's going to be more important so to the, the Dolphins? Yeah, there's, there's another podcast. So, yeah, man, we <laughs> talked about the scheme and the system and how a lot of these players are going to, you know, they're going to fit better schematically. I do think that we might be being a little hard on Josh Boyer because I still remember early in the year, and you can go look at some people's tweets, and they were saying, oh, man, Josh Boyer, we're going to lose him. He's going to go off and be a head coach somewhere. And I was just – I was – Crying, laughing at that because there's no way Josh Boyer. Are we allowed to swear? I'm gonna have to censor that. Damn it. Um, there's no <laughs> way Josh Boyer was gonna be a head coach for how well the Dolphins' defense even looked maybe early on in that year. But he did have a lot of things go against him with the injuries and things like that. That I think the defense last year could have been even better than what we. Well, obviously could have been a lot better. So I think bringing in Vic Fangio again. That was a guy that back when they first did their coaching hire with Brian Flores, he was at the top of my list because of what he could do defensively every stop of the way, and I just felt like he deserved that deserved that chance. So um, I'm absolutely stoked for this. I think he's the biggest thing that the Dolphins had uh, acquired this season. I think what he's going to mean to all those players is just going to be astronomical. I guess again going back to my question is. Should we talk about how close the Dolphins were to losing out on him? If it wasn't for that Gannon, uh, the tampering there, he even said himself he would have been a Philadelphia's defensive coordinator. And then we would have had, what, Sean Desai or something else, which is just another imit imitation, right? Just another guy imitating what Vic Fangio does. So excited for that and excited to what he brings as a former head coach that Mike McDaniel can rely on in certain situations because uh, that was probably his biggest flaws as a rookie head coach was some of those situational decisions that he made. The one, the one thing I want to fight back on what Merrick said is you don't pay Vic Fangio to be a good defensive coordinator when everything goes right. You pay Vic Fangio to be a good defensive coordinator, period. Um, I think that was the issue with the Josh Boyer defense. When everyone was healthy, I think that was an awesome defense. I think they had the guys that fit. But I go back to what was it, 2020, that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Dolphins were, I wouldn't say in the driver's seat, but competing pretty well, keeping up with the Chiefs. Um, was it Brandon? Some uh, safety got hurt. I can't remember. It might have been Eric Rowe. It might have been Clayton Fedulum was on the field. Literally the first play after that, it's a Tyree Kill 60-yard touchdown. 
The point about bringing in Vic Fangio, I feel, is that despite injuries, this defense will be still be good. Despite the fact that these guys might have to miss snaps, they're not going to be put on an island. They're going to be put into a system where they'll be able to play to their um, strengths and really be able to rely on each other. That, to me, is where I think the biggest difference is, is that with this defense, we're going to see situations where everything doesn't go right. Hey, it's football. Nothing ever goes right. But in those scenarios, I still think that you paid him so much money to be that guy that can get things done. And that's where I think things are so interesting. I have a uh, brick, excuse me, try a third name and hopefully it's the right guy. I have a Jerome Baker quote here uh, that when he was talking about the uh, Josh Boyer defense, he said it gives him some freedom to just go out there and play ball. It's not really a rule, just go out there and play ball. And he also said something along the lines of it doesn't matter what opposing deep offenses are doing. We go out, we run our defense and you try to beat us. It's simple as that. I think that's a horrible idea because we saw it time and time again. We saw the second Lamar Jackson got to play Miami for the second time. He knew exactly what to do. He knew exactly how to cook this Dolphins defense, put them into situations that are uncomfortable. I have a hard time believing that's going to be the same thing with Vic Fangio in this defense. That's where I kind of start my idea of, hey, does this defense instantly get better? I want to say yes, because I think the floor has just been raised so much just for the sake of consistency, just for the sake of it no longer, you know, opposing offenses can't just dictate the game anymore. It's going to be a defensive-minded scheme, a defensive-minded focus, instead of just saying no ice, heavy on the YOLO, let's blitz everyone. So what you're saying is Josh Boyer is the kid at school that says my dad can beat up your dad, even though your dad's like a 10th degree black belt? In some <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll say that to every dad including exactly. that one so he'll, yeah, he'll yeah, have like yeah. a 50 win rate yeah he'll beat the, he'll beat the dad that you know um god i, I don't want to hate on dad so i'm not i'm not even gonna go down. He'll, he'll, <laughs> don't do it <laughs> he'll, you know merrick's telling everybody you can beat the shit out of him at school right kids are trembling in fear hoping that he has he won't go up and say my dad will kick the shit out of your dad <laughs> yeah. i just beat up all the kids too i'm <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh man oh man i love it but but i think too like it is kind of i think it isn't fair to say that defense is going to instantly change when you bring in a new defensive coordinator. I think it does take time. It takes progress. But when you're paying someone as outstanding as Vic Bangio, who's been doing this job in the NFL for nearly 30 years, I think it's safe to say the defense instantly gets better. I, I don't think we're getting a little too crazy by saying that. Well, okay. Defensive play caller. What, what would you rank – Vic Fangio in the league right now, 32 teams, defensive play caller, not personnel or anything like that. Or where will this defense finish in terms of yardage or sacks or whatever defensive play callers one through 32. Where does Vic Fangio rank on that list? I'd go as far as to say play caller and teacher. I'd say both of those things kind of go into it. And yeah, I'd, I'd say top five. I, I think there's, there could be an argument because he didn't, he wasn't in the league last year, but yeah, let's say this is a dolphins podcast. We're saying top five. Yeah, I, I was going to say one. I mean, I was going <laughs> to nice. say one. I wasn't even going <laughs> to around. I, I, I That's two sensors, and it's all my fault. So, yeah, I was going to say one, and that was, you know, just not even really sitting here thinking about the other defensive-minded coaches around. But I, I do. I think, you know, two years ago, three years ago, that probably would have been the number one guy on my defensive coordinator list. So, yeah, I'll go one. 
Yeah, and and anybody who's also in the conversation is probably a Vic Fangio disciple. So, again, if you're going to get the knockoff version, you're probably putting the name brand at number one. So it it really is not a stretch to say that as a defensive play caller, Vic Fangio could be number one in the entire league. And, you know, that's fun to talk about because just a couple days ago, these last few days, uh, a lot of sites have been pumping out that sweet, sweet offseason content and ranking the, the top offensive play callers or the top head coaches in the national football league. And I've seen Mike McDaniel get ranked as high as like the fifth overall, like offensive play caller in the league. So if Mike McDaniel's ranked fifth, Vic Fangio is at least top five, maybe one on the defensive side of the ball. That makes for a very, very good football team, which we all hope the Miami Dolphins are in 2023. Merrick, I'm pretty impressed that you're shouting out Josh's list here. Was, it, was that your list, Josh? I uh, I don't know. Was it? I no, me, but I just assume you know. Mina Kimes did have. Mina Kimes said the defense was still at four, top four. There it is. Top five head coach, a top four defense. Oh God, this this sounds like a Harvard Bowl, study. Baby. That's, it's time to end yes. this. It's time to call. And I, I did just see a ranking that had Tua ranked as the ninth best quarterback in the league too. So, whew, top third. He's top ten. I I agree. If not, I mean, I'd probably am eight, seven, six. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers was ranked 11th. 